Hello, and welcome again to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm Reverend Robin, and today we are going to be possibly concluding Section 4 of Chapter 2. Section 4's title is Healing as Release from Fear. And we will be right back to jump into that after we give a shout out to our sponsor, Anchor. And we're back. So let's just jump right in here. Well, first I got to say actually that the first few lines of this section are, to me, not very clear. I've studied it, I've pondered it, I've researched it, and I'm just going to share with you what my take is. And actually, that's what I do with all of this anyway, but I don't feel as confident about this interpretation as I do about most of what I talk about on here. So, it says, All material means that you accept as remedies for bodily ills are restatements of magic principles. Now remember that the term magic correlates with illusion. So trying to heal an, an illness by material or physical means is a restatement of the illusion of the illness. Continuing, it says, This is the first step in believing that the body makes its own illness. So the illusion is that the the body magically makes its own illness. And so then using physical things to heal the body is a restatement of magic principles. So first it starts out by talking about the material means of healing. Then it talks about that being the first step to believing that the body makes its own illness. So first it talks about using material means to heal the body, being a restatement of magic principles, and then it backs up and says that this is the first step to believing that the body makes its own illness. So it's like your body gets sick And so you go to a doctor who gives you medicine. So the fact that we go to a doctor when we're sick means that we believe that the body makes its own illness. So then continuing, it says, it is a second misstep to attempt to heal it through non-creative agents. So non-creative agents would be the um, material means that we're trying to use to heal the body. So I get that it would be a first misstep to believe that the body makes its own illness. But that's not what it says. It says that accepting the material means to remedy bodily ills are restatements of magical principles, magic principles. So it kind of feels to me like it, it's, it starts with step two, 
Then it talks about step one. And then the third thing is talking about the second step. Continuing. It does not follow, however, that the use of such agents for corrective purposes is evil. That I get. Because continuing, it says, Sometimes the illness has a sufficiently strong hold over the mind to render a person temporarily inaccessible to the atonement. Notice it said, the illness has a sufficiently strong hold over the mind, not the body. So if the illness has a strong hold over the mind, that can temporarily put the atonement out of reach. And of course, the atonement being the healing of the mind. So if you are in such a place, you're sick and you're frightened by that illness, you are not able to access the atonement principle. So continuing, it says, in this way, in this case, it may be wise to utilize a compromise approach to mind and body in which something from the outside is temporarily given healing belief. And this is because the last thing that can help the non-right-minded or the sick is an increase in fear. So if someone has a frightening illness or a a quote-unquote life-threatening illness, they are afraid. And then if you try to tell them, don't go to a doctor, you can do this. Use your mind. Your mind is connected to God. They are so afraid of that illness. It has such a strong hold over their mind that not going to a doctor would cause more fear. And it says they are already in a fear-weakened state. And if they are prematurely exposed to a miracle, they may be precipitated into panic. This is likely to occur when upside-down perception has incurred the belief that miracles are frightening. I'm not really certain about that one either. I never thought of miracles as being frightening. However, if you have upside down thinking, remember in a previous episode, we talked about how being turned right side up can feel unstable because it's not what you're used to. So I guess this is connecting with that. If they are prematurely exposed to a miracle before they have the right side up thinking, and it says being exposed to a miracle, maybe that doesn't mean receiving the miracle, but exposed to the idea of a miracle. Yeah, they may be precipitated into panic. So it's the upside-down thinking that thinks that the physical 
is more real than the spiritual. Some people completely deny the existence of anything other than physical. So that's upside down thinking. And if you believe that and then you're exposed to the idea of the spirit world at the same time that you're sick and somebody tries to tell you, no, you can do this with your mind, they they would panic if they were forced to, if you tried to get them to understand this, it would be flipping their perception. And that would feel extremely unsteady. And that would be the worst thing that anyone could do. This person is ill. They're already in a fear-weakened state. So it's better for them to go to the doctor and get the medical treatment than to try to learn under those conditions that the mind is creative, not the body. So continuing, the value of atonement does not lie in the manner in which it is expressed. Bringing a person back to a place of physical wellness is an expression of the atonement because it's bringing them back into alignment to to a certain extent. And the value of that does not lie in the manner in which that alignment is brought back. So the value of the atonement, whether it's received by understanding that the mind is creative and the body is not, is one way. It, that has value to it. There's also the idea of going to a doctor and using material means to bring the, fan, the person's body back into that alignment, and that's valuable too. So the value of that alignment or that atonement is not greater one way or the other. The value doesn't lie in the manner in which it is expressed. Continuing, in fact, if it is used truly, it will inevitably be expressed in whatever way is most helpful to the receiver. So if the atonement is used truly, it will inevitably be expressed in whatever way is most helpful to the receiver. So what is the most important is coming back into alignment with the way God sees us and the way that God sees us is perfect and whole and well. And whatever way the person who receives that alignment is most helpful to them is the way they will receive it when it's expressed in love. Continuing, this means that a miracle to attain its full efficacy must be expressed in a language that the recipient can understand without fear. So this sounds like healing of the body 
is a form of a miracle. And in order for the person who needs the miracle to receive it, it needs to be explained to them in a way that they can understand without fear. And if that means go to the doctor and get medication, then that's the best thing that they should do. So this does not necessarily mean that this is the highest level of communication of which he is capable. It does mean, however, that it is the highest level of communication of which he is capable now. So the whole aim of any miracle is to raise the level of communication, not lower it, by increasing fear. Yes. So, I feel like I have a good understanding of it now, and I hope that you do as well. If you have any other questions or comments, you can check out my Facebook page, A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can go to Anchor and leave me a voicemail. Um, you can send me an email at acimfrp at gmail.com. That's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, A-C-I-M-F-R-P, at gmail.com. And I welcome interaction and questions and comments. So I would love it if you would do that. Well, we actually did complete this section in this episode. Here are my main takeaways from this section, Healing as a Release from Fear. Number one, healing is not a miracle. It's the result of a miracle. The miracle is a shift in perception and healing is the result. Number two, the body cannot create and the belief that it can is what produces all physical symptoms. Number three, only the mind is capable of error. The body can act wrongly i.e. getting sick, only when it is responding to misthought. Number four, that the healing of a body is the result of a miracle, whether it is accomplished by going to a doctor and getting medication or by receiving the atonement, which is a healing in your mind. The fact that the mind is brought into closer alignment with God is the whole aim of the miracle, and that is that God sees us as whole and well and holy. Number five, that we need to meet people and ourselves where we're at. And if an illness has that strong of a hold on the mind, go to a doctor. There is nothing wrong with going to a doctor. If that's where you're at, that's what you do. Father, I want to thank you for the atonement. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us to a place of receiving the atonement. And thank you for Jesus and all of our brothers and sisters that we can 
rejoin our minds with each other and with you. My brothers and sisters, today I wish you a day of miracles. Many blessings. Namaste.